<clears throat> Good morning, welcome to Emmett Audio. <clears throat> For this uh, virtual apprenticeship challenge episode, I wanted to talk about stumps and clubs because they're the unsung heroes of the spoon carving scene. Um, there's this idea that spoon carving is something where you only need three tools. But I think that those the idea that you only need three tools an axe, a sloyd knife, and a hook knife is kind of ridiculous. Because even if we put aside the need for tools, let's call them what they are, to maintain those tools, which already pushes us up past three, uh, spoon carving is incredibly difficult if you don't have a stump to work on and a club to help keep you safe in certain situations and help you split up the wood so that you're being efficient. Um, so... Let's just lay that aside for right now and talk about why you need a stump, why you need a club, and how best to make them, in my opinion. So you need a stump because you need a safe space to work on. And this space needs to be high enough that you're not bending over to ruin your back unless you choose to use your stump on the ground. We'll talk about that in a minute. But it also needs to be something that is going to interact with the with the piece of wood that you're working on and with your body and so it needs to it needs to fit you it needs to suit you and it needs to have certain aspects to it to be safe um, and while you could go out into the woods and use a downed log etc etc that makes sense because you're not going to haul a stump with you but if you do your spoon carving like me around the house then it behooves you to have a stump. Now, if you can't get a stump because you live in the city, um, probably the best alternative would be a length of 2x4, or better yet, 2x6 or 2x8, laid on the ground, which you would then chop down into onto its side and going perpendicular to the grain of the wood. Because if you chop parallel to the grain of the wood, it's just going to split. But by chopping down perpendicular to it, Right, so if you're kneeling in front of it, uh, it would be long length of it left to right in front of you and your axe would come down squarely across that. That's probably the best bet. It's not ideal by a long shot, but uh, if you've got nothing else, that'll do. As for stumps themselves, I much prefer a softwood stump. And the reason for that is that the axe is going to sink into that stump numerous times, even if you don't intentionally sink your axe into the stump, which we're going to get to in a second. I think this is actually really important. But even if you don't do that, you're going to end up with a stump that your axe is going to hit numerous times. And if you choose a stump that's hardwood, if you're like, oh, this oak stump will never wear out. Well, guess what will wear out is the edge on your axe. To my mind, it's much easier to have a softwood stump that doesn't wear out my axe as quickly than to have a hardwood stump that wears out my axe edge quickly, but the stump itself never wears out. That seems like a false economy. So I deliberately choose pine, spruce, hemlock stumps. Now, ideally they're about a foot and a half across, maybe a little bit more, because you want them to have some mass. But beyond a certain point, it's a little overkill. And with those softwood stumps, here's the catch, is that they're going to be sappy at first. You can't use them when they're totally fresh and green. you got to put them aside for 
six months, maybe less, but six months if it's if it's not, you know, full-on summer for the entire time, to let the sap dry out, and then they won't get pitch and sap all over your hands and your tools. But once you have that, so I always I always keep a sort of a stash of stump material, and I try and stay a year or two ahead of where I'm going to be, because I use my stumps so heavily that I go through them maybe once a year. Um, so I always have the next one kicking around. And ideally, what I do is I try and find a piece that has a bunch of branches coming out of it, right? Instead of finding a clear piece of trunk between the knots, I want a piece that has lots of knots in it because you're going to be slamming your axe down into the end grain. And if it doesn't have knots to hold it together, to hold that wood grain together, it's going to split apart eventually. And I've had that happen where I had an old stump of mine just, you know, after a thousand whacks, it just split right in half. Um, so hemlock, pine, spruce, fir, let it age for at least three months, up to a year is best. Um, somewhere where it's not going to rot, right? Where it's not going to get slimy and gross. So up off the ground. And then I found out the hard way when I was just starting out spoon carving, that's valuable to have it up on legs. You might think to yourself, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do all my axing sitting down and have the stump sort of to the side of me. You don't want to axe and have the stump squarely in front of you and your legs on either side of the stump because the axe handle will get in the way of you. Uh, uh, it'll bump against your legs. So you want to have the stump on your dominant side. So if you're right-handed, you want to have your knees to the left and the stump to the right of both of your knees um, and be working off to the side like that. That's fine. I don't have a great place where that works for me, and I, I find it's really valuable for me to have the stump up off the ground. The other problem with having a stump flat on the ground is that unless it's a perfectly flat surface and unless the cut on your stump is perfectly flat, you're going to end up with a wobbly stump and that's actually more dangerous than you think. Okay, so you wanna put your stump up on legs. The way I do it is I get an inch and a half spade bit and a drill gun. And you wanna make sure you have two fresh batteries for the drill gun. Then I have some seasoned wood. You want the wood to not be just a fresh sapling you cut down because remember as wood dries it shrinks which means and this is the tempting thing that you've got your seasoned stump if you go out and just cut down a sapling or come across a sapling you're like great perfect the problem is that stump is done shrinking but the legs that you're going to put into the stump are not done shrinking and so those legs will get wobbly over time as the wood dries and shrinks Instead, you need to either have thought ahead and have seasoned some stout saplings, stout saplings, <laughs> it's a tongue twister, you need to either have seasoned the legs at the same time as the stump, which is what I do, or quite honestly, just go buy a 2x4 and use, you know, use a 2x4. Um, if you buy a 10-foot 2x4, yeah, an 8-foot 2x4 might be a little too short to get three legs out of, but if you buy a 10-foot 2x4, that should work just fine. Um, so if you don't have a seasoned pole sitting around, or you didn't have the foresight to put it aside when you put aside your stump, um, then probably uh, 2x4 is the best way to go. Either way, I would recommend putting the legs in as tenons, rather than doing the thing where you sort of notch the 2x4 and then bolt it into the side of the stump. 
that looks really cool and works okay at first, but I've seen every single one of them get wobbly over time. So the tenons, on the other hand, because you're essentially pounding the connection tighter and tighter every time you your axe wax on the, the stump, tenons don't loosen up in the same way. Um, so you want an inch and a half spade bit. It's worth getting a fresh bit if you feel like the bit you have is old. They're not that expensive and um, it's a little, what, what you're asking it to do is kind of a lot. And you want freshly charged batteries, two batteries, for your drill gun, or better yet, a drill gun that plugs into a wall. You're gonna wanna have three legs, and they're gonna wanna splay out further than you think. Um, I don't have an angle to give you, but try and imagine, uh, you basically want them to splay out further than you think, because it's easy to have them be too tightly together, and then your stump is tippy, which is also dangerous. But if you try and drill in with the spade bit into the stump going at the angle you want initially, it's just going to kind of squirrel its way across the surface and won't want to bite in. So you have to start by going almost straight down into the end grain. And once you're about a half an inch in, then you can start tilting the drill bit over and get the angle you want. But the trick is you have to start going straight down, but then change the angle and lean it over to the side once you've got a little bit of a lip in the hole that will help hold the bit in place. So you drill in, I don't know, two, two and a half inches. It's gonna take a little bit. It's gonna take both batteries to do those three holes. And you're gonna to wanna to use a twig or something to clean out the holes. And then here's the key. You're gonna put the tenons on your legs. So leave your legs longer than you think you're gonna need. And put the tenons on your legs with the ax and leave them deliberately sort of both chunky and edgy, and also have the taper to the part that you think is the right size be quite steep. Don't shave down the legs to try and get the entire leg the right size, nor do you want it to be a long gradual taper to that right size. Instead, you want it to be really steep because what ends up happening is if you make it a steep transition and it's really sort of edgy, then even if the part that initially goes into the hole is a little bit loose, it's gonna come up against that shoulder real fast before it bottoms out in the hole. And, and if it doesn't, you can always saw off a little bit of your tenon to make it so that it does. And then the edgy, the like sharp edges of the, the axed off tenon are gonna bite into the sides of the hole and that's gonna really hold it nice and tight. So, you ax the tendons, being careful not to you know, overdo it. This is why you leave the legs extra long, because if you need to redo it, you can just saw off a bit that you carved too thin and just keep going. And then you pound them in with the back of the ax. And then you put the stump upright on the legs. And if you did what I said, and didn't measure them, left them really long, it's gonna be cattywampus all over the place. Here's what I want you to do. You're going to, I like to have my stump, the top of the stump, I want to have at about the top of my thighs, right at the top of my thighs. That's the right height for me, and that's a good height for if you're doing a variety of shapes. You're gonna to have to bend over a little bit for eating spoons, but for long spoons, you're gonna be at a comfortable range. 
If you make the stump too high, then it's actually a little dangerous to do long spoon blanks because you're going to be reaching up too high to try and do it. So top of the thigh is where you want the stump to be. So depending on where you think those tenons sit in the middle of the stump, you can then figure out... Um, uh, so actually what you do, this is the easy way to do it. Oh, this is such a brilliant move. You leave the stump lying upside down and you just go around to each of the legs walking around in a circle, figure out where that leg hits the top of your thigh and saw it off at that point. At a slight angle, if you want to try and make it so that the feet are actually flat on the ground, or if you're going to have it outside, not on a concrete surface, um, which I would recommend, like somewhere on the dirt, because it's better if your axe falls off onto the dirt, it won't get damaged. Whereas if it falls off onto concrete, you're going to have a big problem on your edge. But if you saw off the legs at the top of your thigh, you're going to immediately and effortlessly get it the right height and leveled, even if your legs are different angles. So that's the easy way to create your stump. The last thing I think it's really important to do with your stump is to chop in from an angle on either side to create a divot in the center of your stump right away. It will naturally form just from the act of slamming the axe into it as you use it, but you want to divot in the top of your stump right away so that when you're uh, pressing a spoon blank down into the stump, there's a little lip that helps it stay and not slip out sideways. If you leave your stump perfectly smooth on top, um, there's going to be a tendency for it to skitter out sideways sometimes, and then all of a sudden your hand will be underneath your axe as the axe comes down without you intending it to be, and that's how you're going to get hurt. So chop a divot into the top of your stump. Just spend a few minutes just chopping up the top of your stump. You want it to be rough. And for extra credit points, place one of the legs, one of the three legs, in line with the biggest knot, and then have that be facing on the opposite side of the stump from you. So when I'm standing at my stump, there's two legs that sort of come out towards me, and there's one leg that sticks out away from me. And that leg is lined up with the biggest knot because where I sink my axe to store it is on that far side. And so having the biggest knot there will help it resist splitting the best. And having the leg there will help the stump sort of provide oppositional support to me pushing a spoon blank at an angle into the top of the stump, if you see what I mean. So let's talk how you store your axe. I would argue if your axe is undercover, even if it's just a shed roof with open sides, sink your axe into the stump and just leave it in the stump. Um, but even if you bring your axe inside um, each time you're done using it, so let me back up. I leave my axe out under an open woodshed year round, and it's totally fine. I use my axe often enough. Occasionally I oil it. I've never had to like sand it down or anything. Um, occasionally I oil the handle and the head. Um, but I think it's good for it to be out in the elements. It helps keep the handle nice and uh, swollen and tight. Although if, I suppose if you live in the desert, it might be the opposite situation. Um, and I find that really helpful. Now, I think it is a matter of crucial safety that you always, always, always sink your axe, by which I mean actually like, you know, slam the axe down into the stump whenever you are not using your axe. 
do not, under any circumstances, leave your axe lying on its side on top of the stump while you do other things. All it takes is for you to casually knock against that handle and make it spin off the stump, and then if the edge slams down into your foot, you're talking surgery. I see this in all of the UK and frankly a lot of the American spoon carvers, and it drives me nuts because it's just a matter of time until someone loses a toe. And it's such a simple habit that you could develop, and I don't understand why they don't do it. I think it comes because they have a hardwood stump and they don't want to slam their axe down into the stump. So use a softwood stump. Don't feel bad about doing it. It is a matter of safety to not ever leave your axe lying sideways loose on the top of your stump. Dogs, come here. Sorry, we have a car coming. Come here, dogs. Willa, come here. Come here. Sit. Sit. No, sit. No, sit. Good girl. Good girl. Okay. No, don't chase that. No. Willa, no. Good girl. Sorry about that. All right, so softwood stump. Rough up the top. Put legs on it. Splay the legs out wide. Always sink your axe into the stump. Let's talk about clubs here. So clubs are crucial because there are many times when you need to split a piece of wood down and you can't safely do it by just holding it and, and hitting it with the axe because you'd be too close to your hands. Nor can you really safely do it because, nor can you really safely do it by putting the axe on the top and holding both and then bringing both the axe and billet down at the same time because you're not going to get enough force nor are you going to be able to really be accurate enough. So a club is crucial. Now, a club can be as simple as just a length of 2x4 or cordwood, but quite frankly, that's going to be uncomfortable to hold in your hand. And it's worth putting in a little time to get a club that's the right length and that's the right, uh, made out of the right piece of wood and that is comfortable and easy to use because you're going to need to use it often. It's part of how I gain so much efficiency is by starting out with the right piece of wood to begin with. I am almost never axing off large amounts of wood. I'm splitting it instead. And the way I split accurately is with my axe and a club. You'll notice I didn't say a fro. And that's because I find a fro for the size pieces of wood that I use and the length that I use, a fro is almost never a good choice. It doesn't have enough splitting action and it's awkward to lever the arm of a fro over to the side for such a short piece of wood. A fro is really well designed for splitting either short bulks of wood, like for making shingles, that's perfectly clear, or for, come on Willa, for splitting long, long skinny pieces of wood to make handles and rails, etc. Um, it's not very well suited, I think, for splitting uh, the type of and size material that I think is most commonly used for spoon carving. It's certainly not as well suited as an axe and a club. So with clubs, there's a couple things to keep in mind. One, you want it to be a hardwood if you can. Two, you want it to be the right length. If your club is too short, you lose a lot of power. Oops, we got another car coming. Willa, come! Hey! Maisie, come here! Maisie, come here! Come on! Let's go! Willa, come! No! Come! Good girl! Come here! Come here! Come here! Right here! Come here! Sit! 
No, sit. Good dogs. Good dogs. Hi. What's the road they live on? You could go this way. It's a, it, there's definitely some spots where it drops off on both sides, um, but I believe it does go through. You can certainly go that way. Your car will be fine. You'll be good. Say, is there another way? There is. There is, but it's circuitous. Um, if you go back this way and then head on Shelburne Falls Road, um, then you have to take a you have to bear left on Shelburne Falls Road at Natural Roots, and that'll drop you up and over the hill, and then you take a right on Barrett River. It's your choice. Yeah, well, when you say it drops off both sides. Yeah, I mean, uh, you wouldn't want to meet another car that way, but I've only seen one other vehicle all morning yeah. on this. I've driven it, and I think you'll be fine. I'm just letting you know so you don't think like, oh, did he really know what he's talking about? Okay. It is a little hairy. You're going to think, I don't know if it goes through, but it will go through. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure where it's easy to turn around um there's a spot up here on the right that you could turn around on yeah that'll work fine good luck willa come here come here sit sit yeah they're good yep sorry about that so uh the way the thing you want with a club is you want willa come on you want it to be long enough because you want your club if you if your club is too short it's going to dramatically reduce the amount of force that you can apply with the club. So I find that 16, 18 inches is about the right length. And if you go even an inch or two below that, you're going to dramatically reduce the amount of strength that you, the amount of force that the club can deliver. So the other thing about clubs is that it's useful if the business end of the club can be where there's either some branches coming out of it or better yet, where two branches come uh, split off from a single branch. And that way the grain is more knotted up because what happens with the club is it just wants to split apart after a certain amount of impact. So the more you can choose a twisty bit of wood or a bit of wood best yet where two branches come together, uh, that's great. Now you don't want your club to be too heavy, nor do you want it to be too light. And I don't have a great uh, weight range to give you, but you'll know it. If you make a club that's too heavy, it's going to be uh, difficult to get the precision you need. And if it's too light, you're not going to be able to get the force that you need. You need to be able to deliver a sharp, strong blow, but do so accurately. So that's slightly different for everybody. And there's two ways of doing the handle. If the grain is nice and clear, you can choose to saw partway into the club material all the way around and then split off that waste material down to a nice handle size, which you kind of have to eyeball how deeply you're sawing, otherwise you'll overcut the handle. Or you can choose to simply ax out the material, in which case you're going to need to sort of uh, make sure you remove enough because it's easy to leave. Uh, it's easy to leave the club handle too thick, in which case it's hard to grip. So the final thing I'll say about clubs is that, no, two more things. One is that you're going to want to have the club end sawed off square so that it can sit upright nicely with the handle sticking up in the air on a flat surface and it makes it much easier for you to pick up. You don't want to have to have your club lying on its side, unless you have a table right next to you, which is partly what I do. Um, and the final thing is when you're using a club and you have the axe balanced on top of the wood, you're about to bring the club down, make sure the axe handle is not pointing towards you. You want the axe handle pointing off to the side. And that means that when 
the club splits it down and the axe swings down through. If the handle of the axe is pointing towards you and the, club, the axe swings down through, it's going to drive down towards your body. And in some instances, it's going to drive down towards your femoral artery, which is really a bad situation. So by turning it 45, 90 degrees so that the axe handle is pointed off to the side, off towards, uh, let's see, if you're holding the axe with your dominant hand, some people hold the axe with their dominant hand, some people hold the club with your dominant hand. So if it's pointing between 8 and 9 o'clock and 4 and 3 o'clock, um, that way the axe will swing down and not touch your body, and that's really important for it to be safe. That's it for today. Hope that helps answer some questions about clubs and uh, clubs and stumps. Make it happen. You're going to need these tools, um, and they are as much a part of spoon carving as anything else.